You are listening to Kilometer Zero by the Cycling Podcast, powered by Super Sapiens, energy management for committed athletes and coaches. Still in front, Medlier needs all of Hunewegen. It's still Medlier though. It's still Medlier. Medlier all the way. Oh, and he's done it at a canter. Tim Medlier wins on debut. Tim Merlier, Taco Vanderhorn, Joe Dombrowski, Gino Mader, Victor Lafay, Egan Bernal, Maro Schmidt, Andrea Vendrami, Giacomo Nizzolo, Lorenzo Fortunato, Victor Campanarts. 11 of the 16 stages so far at this Giro d'Italia have been won by first-time Grand Tour stage winners. Some, such as Bernal and Zolo, have not been much of a surprise, but some certainly have been. For riders like van der Horn, Mader, Lafay and Schmidt, a stage win at the Giro was an enormous moment. And for Fortunato and his team, well, his boss Alberto Contador, who was watching at home in Madrid, seemed reasonably happy. ¡Que ganamos! ¡Que ganamos! ¡Que ganamos! But what beyond such moments of ecstasy does a stage win actually mean and what is it worth? There have been days such as that of Schmidt's win on the Strada Bianchi in Montalcino when the identity of the stage winner has been very much secondary to the GC battle. Some evenings we've recorded the podcast and then wondered whether we gave the stage winner enough or indeed any credit. And so we thought we'd look back at some of the stage wins and stage winners at this Giro, some of which feel like a very long time ago. Let's hear first from Taco van der Horn, the 27-year-old Dutchman, a journeyman I suppose we'd call him, who struggled to find a team at the end of last season and who was riding his first Grand Tour here at the Giro. Van der Horn pulled off the first big surprise, surviving from the breakaway to hold off the bunch and win stage three. But look at this now, 200 metres to go for Taco van der Horn, and they might have just left it late. I think they have left it late. Taco van der Horn riding away. Taco van der Horn with one of the stories of the Giro d'Italia. When you, when you look back on that now, um, how do you, what kind of feelings does it bring up on you when you reflect on that, that victory you had? I think proud. That's, uh, I think, the words best to describe it. And, uh, yeah, it was really, uh, it was really unbelievable in the first week, and now it settled down a bit, and uh, it's still, it's still, uh, still unbelievable, and still really crazy. But especially until the first rest day, I was really on the pink clouds, and then afterwards, it drops a bit. But uh, then you're getting to race, to race again. But uh, yeah, of course, it's still. Uh, if I look back, sometimes I have to to remind myself that I already win the Euro stage, so everything I do now is is bonus. What's the Giro stage win worth? I don't, I don't mean just financially, but you know, in terms of your career, in terms of maybe getting another contract and so on, is it, does it have a real sort of value for you? Yeah, it's a lot, eh? a lot, yeah, yeah. For sure, it's my biggest victory in my career, and I'm not the guy who is winning uh, a lot of races, or is uh, really, if you go to a, like a sprint or a top climb or something, so I have to take it from the from the breakaway, and I'm, I know I'm quite good in, in, in riding in the breakaway, and I can finish it off sometimes but for sure it's really nice that I can now have more uh, more security about my, uh, my my cycling career because what last year was really hard periods for me I didn't have then the the, the, the money to uh, to pay my rent for example so I have to do something next to it so uh, and now I have more more safety and 
I hope to sign uh, uh, maybe a nice contract and uh, for a few years and to have more security for the for your for your cycling career. It's a life-changing thing for you, really, to win a win a Giro stage. Um, but the nice thing I can now keep on going what I can can uh, I would love to do the most and that's cycling and training and riding races and that kind of stuff. So that's that's really nice actually. And uh, but I think it's. Maybe a bit of a life-changing thing. If you see the the reactions in Holland, also here in Italy, it's uh, I will see how it goes in, uh, when I'm home. But uh, I think it's especially it's nice that I can, can continue cycling now and do uh, can still do what I do love the most. Final question: Have you watched the uh, the, the the finish back on YouTube? Uh, not only the short uh, summary, but not the real uh, the real things actually. But Already the summaries was nice to see and I was I was quite surprised when I when I see it back actually because I was thinking oh, the peloton is just slowing down a bit or something but then I saw the images of uh, Chicone and uh, Galopin attacking and they couldn't catch me I was riding quite fast actually Takoff on the horn we didn't think that was happening he's the winner stage 3 to Antamarche and it's the Belgians again on debut Incredible stuff. After Van der Horn on stage three, it was Joe Dombrowski's turn as the Giro headed into the hills with a stage that finished at Sestola. Dombrowski is a rider we followed closely. He kept a diary for us at the 2016 Giro and went close to a stage win in the final week that year. Unfortunately, the day after his win, Dombrowski crashed heavily and had to retire from the race with concussion. Almost two weeks after his stage win, I caught up with him back at his home in Nice. 1,000 metres to go for Joe Dombrowski. He's never won a professional race outside of his native United States. And after years of trying, 20 years of age now, Dombrowski is looking like he's about to do it. Just just take me back to that day, you know, the, the, uh, the feeling you had in the group. Um, you're in that break, you know, as you look around, at what point in the stage did you start to think, you know, this is how it would have to play out for me to have a chance of winning and, and thinking about how you might go about doing that. Well, I had heard on the radio, you know, that there was a bit of like uh, confusion behind as to who was riding and whether, you know, GC teams were going to pull or not. And at one point Astana was riding and then at one point Ineos. Um, and, you know, in the end, uh, with a breakaway, it's always kind of the peloton that decides your fate. At some point, I saw that the break was going out, you know, and we had five, six, seven, and I think 1.7 and a half minutes. And then I started to think, like, we have a good chance actually to win here. So then it was a matter of kind of focusing on the riders that I felt were the strongest in the break, but also, um, you know, being so early in the race the time gaps are still quite tight. So I wanted to keep in mind that, um, for me, for example, DeMarkey on a day like that, you know, kind of a, not a real mountain stage, but, you know, just kind of a hard day up and down and left and right. He seemed like a real candidate to win. Um, but also I knew that he was a bit ahead of me, you know, some 20 or 30 seconds, uh, on GC. So, I, I wanted to kind of follow his wheel because I, I felt that he would force some of the selection in the break 
as we started to kind of race for the stage. But at the same time, I, I figured he was thinking of the pink Jersey, um, which, you know, I, I could use to my advantage to some extent because it's like, he may be a little bit more inclined to do a little bit more work. So you, you could, to some extent, base your race off him a little bit because when he made that move, you you followed him, didn't you? Yeah, I, I and and I had help. Um, you know, we had Fabio Baldato in the car, um, and he he was in the team as a director uh, with Demarkey. You mm. know, in BMC. Yeah. Um, so. You know, he kind of mentioned like, "Look, Joe, I know Demarkey. I know, know what he's going to do. Follow him. He's the wheel to take." Coming into the finish, you know, you you celebrated um, with great gusto. Um, how did it feel? You know, having having gone quite close in the past, having tried to win a stage before. Presumably, you have at times imagined what it would be like to win a stage. How did it actually feel? Yeah, it was great. It was like as I crested the top of the climb. There, it was about a, I think, a k and a half from the top of the climb to the finish and kind of up and down. And at that point I felt pretty confident that I was going to win. Uh, sometimes I feel in a situation like that, it's like you feel that you can do anything, you know, it's like, it, it's kind of like stories you hear, whether they're true or not of like, uh, I don't know, someone like lifting a car off someone in a, in a freak accident, you know? And it's like, you don't feel like you should be able to do that, but then you just do it and you don't really feel like it was that. I mean, I don't want to say it was easy, but like you didn't really feel like it was that hard either, you know? And there are days at the Giro and it's been notable at this Giro in particular, I think where the, this, it wasn't, this wasn't the case the day that you won. You, you, your win was kind of the main story, but there have been days when the GC battle, you know, kind of overwhelms the, the, the stage win. And, and there've been quite a few kind of days where there's been a surprise stage winner and they, they've kind of been overlooked a little bit um mm. you you were quite fortunate that 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 wasn't the case on the day that you won and you were the the main story you went into the mountains jersey as well you know what what was that like um again did it did it live up to or m- meet with any you know kind of imagine uh, imaginings you had about what that would be like uh, you know that even the protocol after the stage did any of that surprise you well, yeah, actually, the you know, I was riding back in the car with our team doctor, um, and because obviously, you know, when you win the stage, then you're um, always doing an anti-doping control, but also the podium ceremony, and maybe also for, in my case, I had the mountains jersey, so there's, you know, a lot of um, stuff going on after the race, Um you, you hear, for example, about teams not or riders not wanting to take the leader's jersey in a Grand Tour too early because it's it's too much, um, you know, obviously in the race, then they have to ride to defend it, which is, is costly in terms of energy, but also outside the race, you know. And I, I remember even like uh, with Brailsford when Wiggins was in Sky and sort of talking about how those one week stage races, you remember he was winning like Perinese, Romandy, uh, I think Dauphiné as well, all in that lead up to the tour and that it was a good practice to sort of be used to kind of the, the buzz, um, and all the things that you have to do, 
when you're in the yellow jersey and the, you know that would need to be practiced for the tour yeah you know it's it's really a lot uh i definitely think it can perhaps take the edge off um but on this on the same token it's like if you're in that position sometimes you see riders that can really maybe ride outside of their own skin when they're in a position to to lead a race like a grand tour so even despite you know that they have all this extra stuff going on it's more fatiguing in a way but you can kind of see them rise above it optimize your fueling strategy with real-time glucose data actionable inside and personalized analytics we are here to help you achieve your performance goals go to supersapiens.com for more on how to track your energy levels and fuel for success Kilometer Zero by The Cycling Podcast, powered by Super Sapiens. Sam Brand rides for Team Novo Nordisk and part of the job as he sees it is to help change perceptions about diabetes and offer encouragement to others with the condition, particularly young people, to continue to pursue their goals. I've become good friends with a young, a young man, he's 15, 16 and uh, he's type 1 diabetic, um, but he also has some other other conditions that he lives with but he, he never stops it affecting him you know and uh you'll see on my uh on my twitter i'm on my instagram i did a video where i rode for him in milan san remo this year i'm lucky that i've been able to do san remo three times in uh, every option every opportunity i had i've done it and um i rode for him with my his name on my bike and i made a video for him and the next day he had a trial with the special olympics team and um, he sent me a video back and he rode his special Olympics trial with my name on his bike. And that's something that is so special because his dad said to me, um, so the, the, the boy's called Thomas Kelsall and, uh, his dad said to me, he said, it was like him sitting in a level in a different language to be able to do that video for you. And he practiced the whole time in the car. And that is something that I shared both videos together on my uh, social media, just so people can see that we are making a difference. And that is so massive and that's just something that I like to share with people because he's not letting it get in his way um, and I hope that we're helping him do his best and he's definitely helping us do our best as well. To find out more about how Super Sapiens continuous glucose monitoring system can help your training and fueling go to supersapiens.com He knows it as well. Victor Lafay, 25 years of age from France, has arrived on the big time. Hello, my name is uh, Victor Lafay. I'm in Cofidins since uh, 2018 and uh, I'm 25. If you didn't know who he was at the start of this Giro, you certainly do now. Uh, I really wanted to to win a stage here and uh, I did it so I'm happy to to have uh, one win and uh, we'll try to have another one uh, on the last days. Lafayette is going to become a Grand Tour stage winner, a household name, the next big French star. On the day of your win you were in that move with some you know some some good riders, How, at what point in the stage did you feel very good that day and was there a moment in the stage where you you felt you had a good chance of winning? Uh, I was very good at the beginning, but uh, I put uh, a lot of energy to take this breakaway. So after, I was not confident. 
Um, in the downhill, there was uh, some kicks and uh, I was not good. Maybe just the last uh, yeah, 15 and 10 Ks, I felt very good and uh, then, uh, yeah. I thought uh, I can win today. And what does it do for your career? Uh, I think this is your contract year, so you'll be looking for a new contract. What does it mean for your career, do you think, to win a stage at the Giro? Uh, I think uh, the, the team will uh, will give me more confidence now. Uh, for sure, yes. Yeah, so I, I will sign a good contract. And um, yeah, for the next races, uh, maybe... Uh, I can, uh, yeah, I have the, have the confidence of the team and uh, for myself. Confidence are going to do it. The drought is going to be over. 11 long years and Cofidis again winners at the Giro d'Italia. There have been 11 uh, stage winners at this Giro, first time stage winners in a Grand Tour. Do you, is there a reason for that? Do you think a lot of the breakaways have stayed away at this Giro? Do, do you know, have you got a theory for why? Uh, I, I think... Um, the leaders are really waiting for the last week and uh, Bernal is very strong, Ineos are very strong, so maybe it's, uh, it's why uh, the breakaway are always going because yeah, we, we, see, uh, we saw Astana uh, try to, to make a move, but uh, yeah, Bernal uh, shows he's uh, the strongest, so yeah, it's, it's why uh, the breakaway. Uh, Victor Lafay, welcome to the big time. Like Dombrowski, Lafay is in the final year of his contract. I was keen to ask an agent what stage win is worth and what it could mean in negotiating a new deal. Here's Gary McQuaid, who looks after riders including Adam Yates, Bob Jungles, Jai Hindley and Alex Dowsett, whose stage win at last year's Giro almost certainly helped him get a new deal. Yeah, I think that definitely that definitely helped at a time we were we were just trying to get a, an answer. I think uh, to be fair, that's what got us the answer. Um, and Alex, um, you know, in his interviews after the stage, he didn't know whether he was where he was racing the year after, and and he had every right to to, to mention that on on camera as well. Uh, and it it didn't do him any disadvantage. Um, but it didn't. It didn't make a contract offer stratospheric, or it, it, it. Ironically, it didn't add three or four other teams. It didn't create a situation where three or four other teams were picking up the phone. Uh, it was, it was the first Grand Tour win for Israel Startup Nation, and uh, I think yeah, the team Kiel, Karlstrom, and Sylvan kind of uh, wanted to respect that effort and and the the milestone it was for the team. You know. When you do have a, a case like Taco Vanderhorn and epic stages like that, which which kind of spread like wildfire in terms of social media and things like that, I mean, he might have an agent that are talk that is talking to other teams, and and uh, it, it it might be the the kind of the push that gets another or a bigger offer from another team over the line. I mean, it's interesting you mentioned like Taco's win and, and it was in quite exceptional circumstance the way he held off yeah. the bunch and his name as well was, was probably a factor too in, in the way that the win was, uh, as you say, sort of um, caught fire on social media. You know, do, do these things matter too? That the, 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 a, a real buzz can be generated by some stage wins. I guess that is sort of intangible but that must that must help with a rider's profile and therefore his value too. Yeah, it does. And and uh, basically, what I would if if it was a rider of mine who was in that bracket, I'd be keen to instill 
that if you could do something to capitalize on that sort of a performance quite quickly, um, you might be stepping up into a kind of a, a new level of kind of uh, being well known within the sport. That sort of excitement and, and those stages, they go down in folklore of the, the sport. And uh, he has forever a, a really good story on a bar stool um, about the day he won the stage of the, the, the Giro. Is that enough uh, to to in- increase offers from other teams? I don't think so. It's it's if he can capitalize on that and and repeat that sort of a performance, then for sure it will translate. But one kind of I don't want to call it a freak victory, but one of those victories where a rider out of a, a breakaway survives, it's great to see. I'm not. I wouldn't be confident. It's it's the factor that gets him a bigger offer or a higher salary or or a nod in some cases from a, a world tour team if he's on a, a pro conti team. I mean, cycling is a business. Obviously, professional cycling is a business. But how much do these considerations uh, weigh on a rider's mind? I was asking Joe Dombrowski about this because it's contract year for him. You know, I was asking when he's in the break whether whether it even crosses his mind that a, a stage win would be an incredibly useful bargaining chip. In your experience. Um, do these considerations weigh on a rider's mind at all? I think that that, that would all depend on the rider. You know, you, you could have uh, you could have a rider in a breakaway who's just thinking about his legs and and the pain in his hmm. his calves and his thighs, and you could have a rider who uh, might be a bit more like a Sean Kelly who's thinking about the the bonus <laughs> if he wins <laughs> the stage that day. Um, and that, that, you know, it, that depends on the character and how monetary they might be. Um, there are riders who might forget winning a stage of a Giro or of Welta that they're also due a 15 grand bonus because they, you know, it's not important to them. Uh, but you might have riders who uh, think about that before the start of a stage. It kind of all depends mm. on the person. No, an, an interesting thing that Joe said as well, that he said he thinks it can be, it can be easier to win a stage in a Grand Tour than, say, a week-long World Tour stage race. I mean, in, in terms of prestige and value, I, I, I guess, do the Grand Tours still have the edge over, uh, you know, a, a Dauphiné stage win or, or something else? Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, if you, you know, uh, in my opinion, a, a Giro of Welt or a, a Tour de France stage winner is is different to a, a Catalonia stage winner or a Dauphiné stage winner. And I think the wor- a lot of the World Tour teams would, would agree at the end of the day, and they're the the three biggest races of the year in terms of stage racing um, and teams put their their best possible roster in for them, uh, all with different goals and aims. But a stage of the Vuelta or a stage of a Giro, you're, you know, you, you enter into a kind of a special place and it's more prestigious for sure than uh, a stage of Suisse or a stage of the Dauphiné or, or you know, Basque Country. It's a new star born. We've waited it to happen. For a long, long time, but Joe Dombrowski finally has done it. What I mean, what is a, a Giro stage win worth? I don't mean financially, but in, in terms of your career, you know, your well, it was your thirtieth birthday the next day, I think, wasn't it? Your your contracts yeah. up at the end of the year. That that's a constant um, thing for professional cyclists. They're basically either in the first year of a two-year contract or in a contract year. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, it goes uh, by quick. Yeah, it goes by quick. And about a, a stage win in a Grand Tour, you, what, what does it do um, for your your ability to, or your agent's ability to negotiate a new contract? And is that is that a factor? Is that something that you think about during the even during the stage? I mean, I, I don't think it's something that you think about during the stage. Um, 
I mean, I guess we'll see because, you know, I'm trying to kind of do the contract dance now. I mean, I think it's certainly a good bargaining chip. Like sometimes I think about, and like I talk with other riders about like, is it better to be X on GC or to win a stage? In my mind, I've always thought like, if you're not in the first, I don't know, six or seven in the GC in a grand tour, that is better to win a stage because I feel that it's a lot more visible. For example, I, I read an article in Cycling News with Jakob Fulsong, and he was speaking about how he wasn't really that interested in doing in, in racing for the GC anymore because he's done it and he kind of knows. He essentially alluded to like, look, I'm not going to win the Tour de France, but there's there's really very few riders in the peloton that can legitimately win a grand tour and it's like if you're not in that very small bubble of riders i feel that at some point you're you also start to feel like i'm just kind of waiting to get dropped mm. and I, I suppose it depends what team you're in you know, if you were in intermarche there might be a lot of value in you going for ninth or tenth overall whereas sure in your sure, team sure. uh you know a, sta- a stage win probably has more value is worth more right yeah it's also just nice as a rider to to win something you know it's also great always to be up there in the mix but it's not that i win very often some riders some sprinters win all the time um but it's just a nice feeling to win and some riders never win at all and never never experience that feeling what was the nicest thing about winning the stage in a way I almost felt more of a sense of relief than a sense of like accomplishment. Not that I felt like under pressure per se, but sometimes I almost think that when you see riders that kind of start gaining momentum results wise, some of it could just be that like the relief of like getting that first big win and then they have the confidence and the composure to kind of do it again. Emerging from the mist, above the snow line, on one of the mighty mountains of professional cycling, arrives a rider who has never won a bike race in his life. Simoni, Basso, Anton, Froome, Rogers, and now Fortunato. Fortunato, now a household name. You've been listening to The Stage Winners, an episode of Kilometre Zero by the Cycling Podcast at the 2021 Giro d'Italia. Commentary clips were from Eurosport GCN, with big thanks to them. The music was by 13 Senses and Amara Terra. This episode was produced by Hugh Owen.